Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning, everybody. I am back. Am I? Yeah. Back in black. So there, hopefully there will be some light eventually. There we go. All right, well, good. Well, it is uh, it is good to see everybody here today. I um, am so eternally grateful that uh, you braved the elements. I was really kind of concerned about an hour ago when I heard the thunder, thunder begin to rumble. I was like, ooh, we're going to have everybody online today, but that's all right. Even if it's just me and the camera, we're going to have a good time. But thank you for being here, and if you are with us online, welcome. I sure am glad that you were here uh, and did not allow the elements to scare you away. So, uh, last week I was gone, and I want to thank Pastor Brent for filling in so admirably while I was away. We were celebrating Ethan's 21st birthday, which um, absolutely blows us away that uh, that little child that I held on a pillow, he had some uh, injuries during birth because he was a big baby. Uh, And Tiffany had some injuries during birth too. So anyway, uh, so I remember holding him on a little pillow because he had some uh, dislocated shoulders and things like that. and uh, to think now he's bigger than I am and grow, can grow a better beard. It's just absolutely astonishing to me. Uh, but we were away last week celebrating his birthday, and uh, I really appreciate Pastor Brent giving the message that he did about love and how that promise from Scripture uh, is that God will never uh, remove from us the love that he's given us. And we're going to carry that forward this morning with our next message in this series, which is talking about how God promised to never remove his covenant of peace. And so this is how we are digging into uh, our content for our uh, seven nevers of scripture uh, message series this morning. Now, one of, one of the things I want to do is to take a look at um, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10. And this is setting up as our core verse. And this is where we read that the mountains might shake, the hills might be removed, But my faithful love for you will never be shaken, and my covenant that promises peace to you will never be removed, says the Lord. He will show you his loving concern. We're going to come back to that in a moment because I think I might have gotten it out of order, but that's all right. Uh, I want us to look at what that word covenant means. And then we'll come back to Isaiah 54 again. Uh, and this might be a good time if you've not done so already to pull out your Hope Church Plus app or your following no- follow-along notes that are inserted in your bulletin. Uh, and this will help you uh, follow along with the message. And, of course, if there's anything that is particularly interesting to you, you have questions, let me know. I'd love to help you dig into it a little bit deeper. But the idea of covenant, which is what we see when we hear this promise that God promises to never remove his covenant of peace, is very important. And so the definition of covenant begins by saying it's relational in nature. It's relational in nature. It has to do with two parties making an agreement. And so when they make that agreement, the second idea about covenant is it is a binding promise to work together toward a common goal. 
And so when we talk about covenants, uh, one of the thing, one of the ways that just jumps to mind right now uh, is in marriage. I had the opportunity this week to participate in two uh, marriage ceremonies, uh, and we use that language covenant during a wedding because it's talking about bringing and binding two people together around the common love of God to work together toward a common goal, which is, of course, uh, to be fruitful, to multiply, to bring hope and peace in the home and from the home into the world and to the church and everywhere else where we go. And so we look at this idea of covenant and how God promises never to remove his covenant of peace. Let's bring it into this idea about what covenant means in the first place. When God says, I promise not to remove my covenant of peace, he's saying that this is relational in nature, that he has a relationship with us. He desires a relationship with us. Yes, sin got in the way. And when we accept Christ, he removes the barrier between us and him through sin and enables us to be made whole, to be restored, which is why I showed that video at the beginning. And then so when we accept God's covenant of peace, what we are doing is we are entering into a binding promise from God to us that he's not going to remove that promise of peace. And then we together are to work together toward a common goal. We are to work together toward a common goal. And so now that we've had that, I read Isaiah 54.10. Let's go back and revisit it now, understanding this idea and this concept of what a covenant to peace means. We read, the mountains might shake, the hills might be removed, but my faithful love for you will never be shaken. And my covenant that promises peace to you will never be removed, says the Lord. He shows you his loving concern. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. It is really interesting to me how the planning process for a message and a series develops well in advance before it's ever delivered. And in those times when we on the program staff team are developing our content and our messages, we have no idea what the circumstances are going to be by the time that we bring it to fruition, by the time we develop it. I actually put this series together a year ago, last year, based on what we were going through in Lent last year. And I said, this is where I want to go next year. And oftentimes I'll do that during the high seasons. I'll find some inspiration around uh, Lent, Easter, Advent, Christmas uh, that didn't strike me at the time, but it uh, says, okay, this is a direction I want to try to go for next year. So it was a year ago when I started planning this series, looking at the seven nevers from Scripture. And it is amazing to me what happens when we do that, when we are deliberate and we are diligent in our thoughts and our prayers and our planning, uh, and to say, God, bring it all together and bring it all to fruition. And so I had no idea that when I put this series together that I would be talking about this content at this point in my life. Because we look at the idea, this promise that God never will remove his covenant of peace, that relational aspect that we are going to work together for a common goal. And then to also think about and consider what happens when the world seems to shake us to not peace, but pieces. Let's look at our next screen. What happens when we go from peace to pieces? Oftentimes it is because we are encountering circumstances that are uncontrollable, unexplainable, and unchangeable. Have you experienced your peace go to pieces because of circumstances that are uncontrollable, unexplainable, and unchangeable? Have you ever experienced that? 
we're going through it in our family right now, just a point of personal privilege. Uh, I announced uh, two weeks ago that the adoption that Tiffany and I were pursuing uh, was denied. And it has absolutely taken our sense of peace and moved it to pieces. We tried to make sense of it. We can't control it. We can't explain it. And we can't change it. And as a result, it feels like we are just completely lost and out of sorts. I've tried to make sense of it. I've tried to pray and ask God, can you give me some direction and maybe some deliverance as to why this happened? Because I felt so firmly that we were in your will. I know that you care about adoption. I know that all this is part of your plan and purpose for how we are called to live our lives in a covenant relationship with you to care for the widows and the orphans in the world. Where did I miss the boat? Was I misunderstanding you? Is this just something that was a decision made by somebody else I can't control? Or has the window for us closed? I don't know. I still can't make sense of it. I'm actually in a little closer place to peace, but I surely wasn't a week ago. And I surely wasn't up until about Wednesday evening. And I just noticed through talking with people who gathered for HSM and they were asking how we were doing and talking about the circumstances that were uncontrollable, unexplainable, and unchangeable, that I found myself begin to feel some of those pieces that were shattered begin to come back together. The reality is that we're going to face in so many different arenas and areas of our life these things that can bring our peace to pieces, don't we? We sense them in our relationships, in our marriages, our relationships with our parents or our children or our co-workers or sometimes even in a church, right? We, we experience these situations that we can't control, that we can't explain, and we cannot change, and it can shake our peace into pieces. There's hope, though, that God promised he will never remove his covenant of peace. And so we get this promise that God's peace is for you even when it feels like your world is falling apart. God's peace is for you even when it feels like the world is falling apart. I can't help but think about that casting crown song that says maybe when things feel like they're falling apart they're actually coming together. That is part of God's sovereignty or plan we believe that God is in charge and that God can see far beyond what we are able to experience in the moment and the time but that doesn't mean that we don't feel shaken when our peace isn't rattled and rumbled down to pieces and so we have to remind ourselves constantly and this is the work and the walk of faith that when we recognize God's peace is for us even when it feels like our world is falling apart, when the mountains are shaking and the hills are being removed, that God's promise of peace, his covenant of peace, that binding promise that he's going to be with us and work with us and walk with us even when we feel like the world is shaking us to our core. That part doesn't change. And therein lies the message and the meaning of true Christian hope is that God's will and way wins in the end. Even when we miss the boat, even when somebody else makes a decision that we can't control, explain, or, or, or understand, that we are still within God's will. And God, the one who made a promise to us, would be faithful to see it through to completion. Even when we can't control, explain, or change things that shake our peace into pieces. In 1 John 2.17, we read this 
and put it in the context of what happens when we feel like our world is falling apart. The world and its evil desires are passing away, but whoever does what God wants them to do lives forever. Now, we're not going to have a grammar lesson here on Sunday morning, but what we see here in this verse from 1 John 2.17 is that there are two things happening simultaneously. The world is passing away. Any physics fans in here? Okay, Brent kind of gave a half-handed, uh, you know, acknowledgement. We talked about this in the office the other day. Uh, anyone know that law of thermodynamics that talks about entropy? Okay, we got some entropy here. Yeah. Entropy says that basically what is happening with energy is it is constantly dissipating and deteriorating. That is also what we experience in the world. Now, the way that we want things to work, the way that we believe things should work, is that things should be coming together. But when we look at that in the concept and the context of the world as we know it, we look around and we realize things aren't coming together, things are falling apart. And we think that that runs contradictorily to the way God's plan for our lives is. But we cannot forget this one point, is that we're not designed for this world. We are, bless you, we are designed for the world to come. And that is why when we look at Revelation 21, we see that the time will come when God will bring us a new heaven and a new earth. And we will all live forever. So two things are happening simultaneously that we experience in this verse. Is the world is passing away while we are living into our eternal life. And this is the message of Christianity, isn't it? That we have to die in order to live. We have to die to ourselves and to our sin so that we can be resurrected with that power of God, that shalom meure, that brings the broken, shattered pieces of our lives into God's whole and holy peace that brings us back together and holds us together. And so, this provides the buoyancy that we need when we look around in the news, we look around in the world, we look around wherever, and it seems like all of our institutions, all of the things that we've held dear, all the places and people and in, in where we have placed our trust, it just seems like they're falling apart or they've become corrupted. That part's true because the world is designed to fade away so that God can bring us the newness of the new heaven and the new earth. And so as we see the world passing away around us. We are emerging and entering into that promise of eternal life right here and right now. Friends, please hold on to that. That is God's covenant promise. It is that binding promise. He says, if you live with me and work with me, even though the world is passing away, what you will find is that we are moving toward this goal that is the redemption of humanity. And it is the hope of eternity with God in heaven. So God's peace is for you even when it feels like the world is falling apart. And when it feels like the world is falling apart, that shakes us, doesn't it? goes back into that Isaiah 54 verse. So God's love is for us and will never be shaken even when we feel shaken. So that doesn't mean that if you are feeling as though the world is shaking you to pieces, that you've missed the boat somewhere. Things happen, right? And I could probably get a whole lot more colorfully descriptive of that based on how I feel sometimes. Think, we're just going to stay with things, right? Things happen. And it can leave us feeling shaken. And in those times when we feel shaken, we may think that we've missed the boat, that we've missed God's plan, that we've missed God's purpose. The window's closed for us. But look at Jeremiah 31.3. 
the Lord appeared to us in the past, he said, I have loved you with a love that lasts forever. I have kept on loving you with a kindness that never fails. We again see this tension that is hard to hold into balance when we feel shaken about how God came to us in the past and said, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is what I planned and purposed you to do. And you're going to encounter troubles in the world, no doubt about that. But it is an everlasting love. We can point to a moment in the past, but that draws an eternal line that continues moving and developing and building and showing even when we feel shaken. This again requires us to live a life of faith where it says, even though I may feel shaken right now, and even though the world may be shaking around me, that doesn't negate God's promise. And isn't that one of the hardest things for us to hold in tension and balance? Is that when we feel like we're shaken or the world is shaking around us, what is it that we tend to do? We tend to think that we messed up or misunderstood or made a mistake. That doesn't have to be because what God is telling us through this message like this is that we're going to live in a fallen world until he comes back and sets it all right. And there will be times when we will sin. We will make those messes and the misses and the mistakes. And there are sometimes we will fall victim to the messes, the misses, and the mistakes that somebody else made. Things that some decisions that someone else make that directly impact us that, oh, we can't control, explain, or change. So does that mean that God's peace was removed because someone else made a decision that we can't control, explain, or change? No. It doesn't change the way that God is working and moving within us. Sometimes it requires the fullness of time to help us come to understand that God's love never left us or forsaken us. Forsaked us. Think about the last time you encountered something that shook your piece to pieces and you felt in the moment that you were lost. Maybe it was in the, the loss of a loved one, the loss of health, loss of a job, something. And then you get some peace down the road. Maybe it's a fur piece, but you get some little some direction down the road and you realize that even when you felt like you were so isolated and so lost and so alone, that God was holding you even more tightly and closer. And you are covered with the heavenly fingerprints of the Lord God Almighty who promised to never leave us or forsake us. So do not forget that God's love is for you and will never be shaken even when you feel shaken. And as a result of that, God promises his peace will never be removed. The devil wants you to think otherwise. I debated on that word think. Should I say think or feel or fear? They're all applicable, all appropriate. But I, I settled on think. Because as that old adage goes, sometimes the, the farthest distance for a person is the 18 inches that separates the head and the heart. And sometimes when we get so wrapped up with things that we can't control, explain, or change, we experience the severing of that direction between our head and heart. 
And I think about where I have experienced that shaking of face to pieces, piece to pieces, piece to pieces. Uh, so much of it has, it started in my heart, but where I've been the last almost week and a half is I'm trying to think through it. Now, the scripture tells us that we have to guard our mind as well as our heart for flow it from, uh, from it flows the pathway of life. But this is where we need to get our minds right. And this is ultimately why I stuck on that word think because of what we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when it says that we are transformed by the renewing of our what? Minds. That's right. So let's look at John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be what? Troubled. And do not be afraid. We have to renew the way that we think in order to see the world differently through the lens of peace. This is Jesus' promise to bring those broken pieces of our lives, those shattered pieces, back together into wholeness. And that can sometimes be a process that takes a very long time, maybe even a lifetime and beyond in order to understand and so this is Jesus' statement to the disciples that is applicable for you and me here today. It says, even when we feel as though we are shaken, that Jesus is giving us his peace, and it's a peace not that the world gives. Now, we talk about the world. It is a metaphor, if you will, for the dominion of the devil. And it's one of those things that I've used so ubiquitously over the years that uh, it didn't really occur to me that Maybe not everyone sees or understands that in quite the same way. Well, what's wrong with the world, right? God made the world. So the word world that we use in this context deals with the dominion of the devil, the areas where he is trying to convince you and to convict you that you have misunderstood, you have misbelieved, or just missed God's boat altogether. He wants to try to convince you that you've missed it and that it's hopeless. Have you ever, I mean, let's be honest, right? Have you ever fallen victim to the devil's deceptions? Even when you know in your head what God says? And how God says, this is what I want you to do? This is how I want you to go about doing it? And yet, we still experience the deceptions of the devil. It's a great preaching cliche, but it says... The devil knows your name, but chooses to call you by your sin. The Lord knows your sin and chooses to call you by your name. Friends, that is all together true. In all of the ways when we make our messes and our misses and our mistakes, the devil is going to try to convince you and to deceive you that you are too far gone. There's no hope for you. You've missed God's boat, you've made a mess of your life, and maybe the decisions that you've made have made a mess of somebody else's life. So you might as well just go full heathen, right? That's what the devil wants to try to convince you. But that's not the way of the Lord, is it? He promises that his peace will never be removed from you. He promises that his peace will never be removed from you. Amen to that, David. Yeah. Now, we can walk away. We can deliberately choose to step outside of God's will. 
And there are times that we do that. But God says, always come back to me. That's the message of Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. That even when we essentially wish our father dead and go live, go in full heathen, that when we make that decision to come back, he is scanning the horizon, watching and waiting for us to make that turn back toward him. That word turn also deals with repentance. I know that sounds like a real churchy word, but it's to turn away from an old, worn out, burned out way of living so that we can turn to God's promise, which is a promise of peace that he promises never to remove from us. Isn't this good news? Hopefully this gets you as excited as it does me. I'm having a hard time sitting on the stool this morning. But we still are experiencing trouble when we find those times where our peace is shaken to pieces. So we can hold on to. And this ties the last two messages in this series together with this one into a beautiful little bowl. Bow. You can put it in a bowl if you want to. But God shows you his loving concern. In some translations, this idea of concern is also translated as compassion, which was the message that we experienced two weeks ago. If you want to go back and experience that, I encourage you on the podcast app, Facebook page, YouTube channel. And then last week, of course, Brent talked about the love of God. We see all of these coming back together. God shows you his loving concern. He shows you his compassion. And 10,000 bonus points, if anybody can remember what the word compassion translated into. To suffer with. That, that's right. That's right. To suffer with. God's loving concern comes to us as he chooses to suffer with us when our peace is shaken to pieces. It's the relational component of this idea of a covenant that God says, I am with you. Even when it feels like your world has fallen apart, I am with you. I am for you. And we have a goal that has not changed even though the circumstances might have. Because the goal isn't to make your world here your home. It's to prepare you for the home that God has prepared for you in the heavens. Colossians 3.15 tells us, let the peace that Christ gives rule in your hearts. As parts of one body, you were appointed to live in peace and be thankful. So I got to ask you, what is ruling in your heart this morning? Is it the peace that only Jesus can give? Is it the peace that ties together compassion, which means God wants to suffer with us and to love us through it? Is that what is ruling and reigning in our hearts this morning? Or is it something else? Disappointment? Disillusionment? Depression? Anger? Anxiety? What is ruling in your heart? You have an opportunity this morning. As hard as it is, my friends, and believe me, I am standing here or sitting here as someone who is struggling to understand this himself. But that peace of Christ wants to rule in your heart, even when it feels like your peace is being shaken and shaking you to pieces. This is the message 
of the gospel. So often we want to believe that when we come to Christ that everything's going to work out perfectly the way that we want, the way that we wish. But that's not the message of the gospel. It's the message that God is with us even in our lowest times. That even in those moments when we feel like we've missed the boat, we've made a mess of things, we've mistaken whatever it is that we were supposed to do. That God isn't going to remove his promise of peace which is to bring our pieces back together, to love us through our brokenness, and to suffer with us as we are made back whole. And so I hope and I pray, as we bring this message to a close today, that you will seek and strive to allow the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts. It is not always easy, but it is always worth it. Maybe you come to a point of surrender this morning where you realize there's nothing else you can do but give your life over to God because your heart is shattered into pieces. Maybe you approach it like George Costanza's father in Seinfeld. Surrender now! Right? Maybe that's how you have to approach it. But God wants you to approach him. That's the reality. That's the truth. If you come just broken and shattered and surrendered, come to God. If you come to God shaking your fist and gritting your teeth and screaming at the top of your lungs, come to God. Because he promises never to remove his covenant of peace, which is a relational promise that is helping the two of you or three of you or whoever it is work together for that common goal, which is the redemption of the human heart and humankind. So as we've done throughout this series, I want to ask you these three closing questions. Can you feel God's peace when you feel shaken? This is that point where if you have to just come face down, sobbing, broken surrender, come. Or if you need to come shaking your fist, gritting your teeth, and screaming at the top of your lungs, come, regardless. What does it mean for you that God will never remove his peace promise? In the situation that you're dealing with right now, what does it mean for you that God will not remove his peace promise? And how does that fit with God's compassion and love? His promise to suffer with you and his promise to love you through it, to animate you to living and serving in the name of Jesus Christ. So, God promises never to remove his covenant of peace. He wants to be in a saving relationship with you to work toward that common goal of restoring your heart and redeeming humanity. Yes, there will be times when we will feel shaken and we'll look around us and we'll see the world shaking us to the core. It's okay to feel shaken. But as you do, Know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is with you and God is for you. And he wants to bring his peace into your life to settle you down, to show you his way, and to realize that his whole plan is about bringing us back together in that perfect, harmonious, saving relationship with him that we saw from the past and extends into eternity. One point definite, the other point infinite. Find that infinite peace in your heart, in your mind, in your life today. As the band comes up, I want to close us in prayer.
Almighty God, there's so many things that shake our peace and rattle us to pieces. It's everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. But Lord God, you are too. And you promised that you would never remove that covenant of peace from us. Lord, that involves your compassion, which means that you suffer with us when we feel that we are shaken to the core and our peace has been reduced to pieces. But you also love us. You are animating us in spite of our brokenness and in spite of our misunderstanding, in spite of our faithlessness, as it were, to continue to live with and for you, and that you may work through us to help others see about that promise to work with us relationally to accomplish that common goal of redeeming the human heart and restoring the right relationship with us. So I pray, Lord, this morning for the soul that feels shaken, beginning with my own. And I pray that as we come to this moment, whether it is through a, a tearful, sobbing surrender or a fist-shaking screaming at you, that you accept us however we are and you want us to enter into that promise of peace that you long to give us. So with your compassion, with your love, with your peace, help us to find you in this moment that revival may start here. In the name of your Son and Savior Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.